This is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Chris provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Hey, welcome back to Road to Retirement. My name is Chris Anselmo with Brookside Tax and Financial Group, and today I have Tony Shore with us. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing great, Chris. Uh, I've had a crazy, crazy week. Uh, busy, 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 just the kids. Oh my gosh. You know, I have three kids and they keep me running and then work. So actually I look forward to the show each week. It's my chance to uh, relax, <laughs> learn off, something. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, How about you? uh, yeah, we, I've been slammed, you know, we did a, a few, um, estate planning seminars last week and people are really concerned about protecting their assets. Right. So, oh, yeah. So whether it's from an investment standpoint or from nursing homes and things like that. So I thought maybe today we'd talk about protecting assets. So um, if you're that's ready. a good topic, protecting yeah. your yeah. assets. And, and by assets, you know, obviously there's finances and money uh, and investments, but they're also assets are, are our home, our cars. And how do we protect these things? Yeah. I mean, so... For most people, if you're like me and you're like you, probably okay. So let's go through all. Let's go through your life, right? You got your house. How do you protect your house? Insurance. Okay. How do you protect your car? I have insurance. How do you protect your life? Um, insurance, life insurance. How do you protect if you get disabled? Um, insurance, disability. Okay. So why don't we just invest, protect our investments? With insurance, right? I mean, it's such a foreign concept when you go over this with people, you know, and generally people just don't understand. Look, insurance for a house is called homeowner's insurance. Insurance for life is called life insurance. Insurance for disability is called disability insurance. Insurance for the car, you know, and insurance on your investments, unfortunately, is not called investment insurance. It's called an annuity. But, you know, annuities have gotten bad raps over the years. And and I think they've gotten better over the years because... Um, I think that just the industry and the products have gotten better, but for most people, like if you want to insure your investments, you have to go to an insurance company because they're the only ones that allow to insure stuff. Right. Right. So with a car, it's easy. It's, it's right. auto insurance or right. homeowner's insurance, but is there investment? You're saying there is investment insurance. Cause I think most yeah. people think, well, I can insure my car with auto insurance, but there is no investment insurance. Yes. But you're saying that, and I think what you're saying here, Chris, I want to make sure that I and the listeners understand in layman's terms, you're, you're saying there is, and it, products have been developed over the years. And, you know, we say relatively new, like within the last probably 20 years, they've gotten better and better where you can insure with certain vehicles, your finances, your sure. investments. I mean, when you go to invest your, insure your house, you give money to the insurance company. When you go to insure your car, you give money to the insurance company. When you right. go to protect your income from disability, you give money to the insurance company. So, 
Similarly, if you want to protect, let's say you you have money in a bank or you have money in a CD and you want to actually invest it where you can earn some more interest, you give it to an insurance company, right? So people, you know, they don't understand that concept that if you want protection, you got to have insurance. So, so if we can, if we can get that through to them, um, I think they would understand, um, you know, this whole concept of a fixed annuity is basically a CD counterpart. You know, the, with a CD, you, you know, you go to your local bank and you say, look, here, uh, Mr. Banker, I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollars. And right now you're paying me 1%. Okay. And the reason it's safe is the, uh, the FDIC insurance to back up the banks and things like that. And you know, the, the, the ability of the bank to pay it back themselves. Well, the insurance industry has a similar product called a fixed annuity. You know, the fixed annuity just pays interest. It's not in the market, but historically they've been paying significantly more interest than the banks. You know, the, I went to the bank the other day for a client and I just happened to be sitting there and they had their little rate sheet out there and they said, well, the 10 month CD is paying 1.2. The 12 month CD is paying 1.1 and the two year CD is paying one. I'm like, what? I don't, you give the money to you longer and you get less interest. She's like, yeah. I'm like what? <laughs> it, just, it just seems counterintuitive, right? So, yeah, yeah. so in this interest rate environment, we, you know, if you want safe money, which we call safe money, it's like all those, all those products just pay you interest. You got checking, you got savings, you got money markets, you got uh, uh, CDs, and the, the insurance counterpart is a fixed annuity. And it could come in two flavors. You could get a traditional one that just works almost like a CD where it says, look, you know, you buy a five-year one, we're going to pay you two and a half percent interest. At the end of the five years, you can have your money back, right? Or you can get one that we call indexed where you don't have a specific rate of interest, but your interest will be based on how well one of the stock market indexes do. So either way, that money is not in the market. You're just earning interest. So you're buying this insurance product, from an insurance company because you want the protection and uh, you know, hopefully you're going to earn more interest than you are at the banks and you're not going to take any risks. So, so, you know, for a lot of people, they just don't get that concept that you have to, ins- if you want safety, you have to insure your investments. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously people get confused. You use the word annuity and people get scared because they're like, well, I've heard annuities are bad. Yeah, I and almost wish the insurance industry would come up with a, another name for it. Because most people, look, I can't remember in 20 years anyone actually annuitizing their annuity. right? So annuitizing means, look, insurance company, I'm going to let you have my money. So you're telling me, I'm, I'm going to give the insurance company hundred grand, and you just give me a, the uh a mathematical payment for the rest of my life. So basically you pensioned out your money. So in the last several years, we haven't had any, many people do that because the internal interest rates are so low. It's as if you're getting your own money back over 20 years, right? You put in a hundred grand and over 20 years, you get 102 back, right? So, so most people in that situation, I'm like, well, it doesn't make sense to annuitize because the downside of annuitizing can be that if you die early, they keep your money, right? So, 
So that's potentially one of the downside. And you could get various terms. You can say, look, I want it over a 10-year period. I want it over life or I want a joint life. So, I mean, there's options there. But the, the scary part generally on annuitizing money was that, look, I'm not going to have access to that hundred grand anymore. I'm just getting my monthly payment. So if I want to go buy a car and grab 30 grand out of it, I can't because you had you basically made a deal with the insurance company to create this little pension for you. So most, again, I, in the last 20 years, I can't remember anyone annuitizing because that's why I wish they would just come up with a different name and have you know a different product. But um, because most people just take the interest, they don't really annuitize. So, and, sure. that, and that's where I think people get confused and, and then, you know, most people, I say, look, if you have a pension, you have an annuity. So what happened with a pension is the, the say you work at, you know, the blacksmith company, right? And they it's time for your pension. Well, they give the money. They take a chunk of money that they've been saving all these years for you, and they give it to an insurance company. And then the insurance company, you know, mathematically, actuarially creates this pension for you. So even though they're calling it a pension, it is an annuity. Right. So, yeah. but yeah, and I mean, Social Security in principle is an annuity. I mean, yeah, I you, mean, it works like it. an annuity. Right. It works like an annuity in that you put money in, and then when you retire, you get a monthly check. Correct. Yeah. So, so um, for a lot of clients, like a lot of clients, don't have the risk tolerance for the market, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, exactly. You know, if you've been buying bank products all your life and you're now 65 years old, we're not putting you in the stock market because that's not you. Right. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of it, unfortunately how people um, get in trouble or at least well, maybe that's not a bad word, but you know, they go to an advisor and advice, Oh, you need, you know, you need to have 60% of your, you're, you're 60 years old. You should have 40% of your money in the market and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, based on the rule of 100, you should look, they are who they are. So, you know, you, you're not, it doesn't seem fair to them if they don't want to take on this risk of the market to put them in the market. So the alternative right now is what we, we've talked about on the shows is called an indexed annuity where your money's not in the market, but your interest rate is linked to the market. So you kind of have, I don't want to say the best of both worlds. You're not going to, you know, if the market goes up 30%, you're not getting 30, Tony. Right. So, so the trade off there is like, we'll give you some of the market participation, maybe not all of it, but on the downside, if the market ever goes down, you're not in. So people are like, well, how can I not lose money? You're not in. That's how you don't lose money. You're not in. So if you were in the market, yeah. you, you can yeah. lose money. But if you're not in yeah. the market, you can't lose the, mar the money. Right. Right. But you also, I mean, some people want some money in the market because they want that, depending sure. on how old you are in your personal situation, yeah. you might want that. If you have money you can put in there long term and leave it for 30 years, uh, then you have the chance for some great growth. Right. Right. So there is, you know, you know, we, and we do that risk questionnaire. They come in and they say, hey, I don't, I don't mind having 40% of my money in the market. And it really depends on, you know, everyone's different. I think it also depends on how much money you have. If you have quite a bit of money, let's say you have $2 million, right? You got the best of both worlds. You say, look, I got enough money. I could take the risk. And then the other half of the brain says, or the wife says generally, look, we have $2 million. 
we don't need to take the risk. Because, you know, like if the index annuities over the last 15 years or so have been paying around 4% and the market's only been paying 6 or 7 do I really need to take that risk for 2%? So, um, I don't know. It's all personal choice, but you know, you have options out there to, uh, whether you want to be directly in the market or not in the market. Um, and actually in the, in the last, um, few months and even last past year, there's, I don't know if you, you've heard of these products called, they're called buffered Tony. So there's, um, you could either buy this, this product called a buffered note, or there, there are some ETFs out there now that are called buffered. So how this kind of works is they give you a downside buffer that you're willing to accept. So let's say you put in $100,000 and you buy a product that has a 10% buffer. So that means that at the first 10%, if it goes down 10% or less, you don't lose any money. Mm. Okay, which is nice. And then, yeah. so the trade-off there is, if you're willing to take that that some of that downside risk versus buying an index annuity, we have no downside risk. Um, so basically, if you're willing to take that some of that downside risk, they will raise the cap on how much you can make. So, like the last one that I think we had issued, uh, it was a one-year product, the actually 366 days because they want it long term. Um, the cap was 12 percent. I'm okay wow. with that. And then I, you know, I look back at the S&P 500 and other than those really historic years where we had nine 11 or we had the housing crisis, you know, you know, I, I'm just off the top of my head, but I don't remember the S and P really being down 10% in a year. Right. So, no. so, so there's these buffered products. So if it goes down 15%, Tony, you could be out 5%, right? So the first 10% you're protected. And then there's, so there's some other products that have come out. Um, for some ETF companies too, some of a buffer of 15, some of a buffer of 30. So it really depends on how much risk you want to take on. If you don't want to take the risk. Um, so if you get a buffer of 30, then your cap's not going to be 12. It might be seven, right? So, so they're going to cap your upside a bit on that if, because they're going to take on more risk. So conceptually an index annuity has a buffer of a hundred percent. So you have no downside risk, but, but you know, your caps are smaller. So if the insurance company is going to take all the downside risk, they're going to say, Hey, maybe we're going to cap you out at 6% next year. Mm -hmm. So the most you'll make next year is six. So if the market goes up 10, you make six. So be it. If it goes up two, you get the first six. So you get two, but if it goes up 20, you get six, they get 14. So that's the trade off. The trade off is look like they, you don't get to participate in all the upside, but you don't have to participate in any of the downside right. in most so, cases. And I think they're just yeah. misportrayed out there because people, look, I get all the upside market potential. Well, but there are bad annuities that don't work that way. Yeah. There are, right? I mean, there are annuities you can oh, get sure. into that are really not good for most most people. Right. So, uh, uh, like a, like ver- most a lot of variable annuities are not good, yeah, right? It's, it's, well, you know, they have their place, but the, the concept on the variable annuity is... It can go down with the market. Right, you a are lot of them. you are physically in the market. So yeah, the yeah. variable annuity is lack of better We're supposed to describe them this way, but most people know what mutual funds are. So a mutual fund is a collection of stocks. Yeah, you know they might have two, three hundred stocks in one mutual fund. And the 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 concept of the mutual fund was look, if 
stock number 37 has a bad quarter. Well, it's not so bad because I got 200 other ones supporting it, right? So right. the variable annuity is basically mutual funds with some type of insurance wrapper on it. So the insurance wrapper is either to drive income, protect a death benefit. So there's there's going to be a cost for the insurance. So, sure. Sure. so, but if you know that going in and that's what you want, you want this insurance protection, well, you're, you pay for the insurance, just like we talked about earlier. About look, I pay for car insurance, and I hope I never need it. Right. So, right. And I've seen variable annuities work, especially in down markets. So, for instance, we had a client years ago, um, and she was almost ninety, and we put four hundred thousand dollars in uh, an annuity for her. And her, you know, her um, her um, heirs are like, how could you put? This lady in annuity for her, I said, well, you know, she had it in mutual funds. So we put it in and lo and behold, the stock market went down. And when the time she died, it was $360,000. So, you know, they were kind of griping. I'm like, yeah, but the company's going to give you a check for 400. What do you mean? That's what the insurance was for. The insurance was to protect the downside, right? So they had a, uh, the product had a death benefit of, Whatever the, whatever the current value was, or at least what you put in. So she put in four hundred. So they wrote her, they wrote them a check for four hundred thousand dollars. I said, well, if I'd have left her in the mutual funds, you'd have got a check for three sixty. So it worked. So in cer- certain situations, the variable need to work, but they're expensive. Usually, they will probably run anywhere from two to four percent internally because you have to pay for this insurance, right? So. So you got the cost of the the sub accounts, you know, similar to mutual funds, which might run one to one and a half percent a year. Plus, you got the cost of all the insurance, which we call mortality and expenses, and then there's admin fees. So, so they're out there. They, you know, and then there, there's some newer ones that are they have lower cost things, but you don't get all the bells and whistles, right? So, you, know, you can't expect the insurance company to take on the risk without get being compensated. So, if you want them to take on the risk like an index annuity, you're going to give up some of the upside. They can't give you a hundred percent of the upside and protect the downside. Right. I mean, <laughs> just give them all my money. Right. Right. You can say, well, you can have a hundred percent of whatever the market does. And if it makes money, if it loses money, you don't get, you don't have any uh, risk. Who wouldn't buy that product. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. And I mean, I mean, you know, like some of these fixed index annuities and how they work, it sounds so good. It's like, okay, you're you're going to keep up with inflation. You don't have to experience the downside. You think, well, why wouldn't everybody be in this? But uh, again, it's a lot of people are. I mean, that's why it's yeah. such a popular retirement vehicle. Uh, but you do have to look at each person's particular situation. Right. And, the, and there may be people out there where, hey, they, they either don't need it or it's not for them. Uh, but for a lot of folks, uh, that is a good option. To create that, especially because people don't have pensions anymore, right. most of them. So, so that, the, what do you do with that 401k and IRA money? Uh, you know, what do you do with that? So the index annuities right now we've been using kind of twofold. One is to try and beat bank rates, which aren't hard to beat right now, right? But instead of buying the CD at the bank, paying you one, buy one of these and maybe you'll make three, right? Or, you know, three is, you know, 300 times more than one, right? So that doesn't sound like a lot, but when, you know, Add a few zeros to it. It is. The other thing we use it to uh, is for bond risk. So, I know most of our listeners might not know that when interest rates rise, bonds go down in value. 
Most people are like, what? So like, yeah, when interest rates go up, bonds go down in value. So, so bonds are paying hardly any money right now, maybe one to 2%. So the odds of the interest rates going up is substantial. So if I'm only making one or 2%, why would I take that risk on the interest rates rising? I could buy one of these other products and I don't have any of that risk. So we've been using it as a bond alternative. So, um, should I give you my little bond example? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's Some say, people don't understand okay. bonds. So let's, so a bond is basically an IOU. So it's either coming from a, um, a company or a, a government or a county, you know, they want to, they want to build a new stadium. They, they throw out a bond out there and they say, Hey, you know, we're, tr we're trying to raise money for the stadium. Um, and if you give us your money, we're going to, we'll pay you 3%. So, so let's say you, um, you know, you get a, a bond from the county, it's a 10 year bond and, uh, you give them a hundred thousand dollars and they say, look, we're going to pay you 3000 bucks a year to use your money, right? hundred thousand times three is 3000 bucks. And so along comes, uh, you need a new car. Right. And you say, you know, you know, I need to go grab 30 grand. Can I have my 30 grand back? And they're like, no, we had a 10 year deal. Right. You, you can't just come in and say you want money back. We gave you 3% because you agreed for us to let have the money for 10 years. If you wanted it back in three years. We had to give you 1%. Right. So, so what happens then is you would have to go sell the bond in the open market. So somebody will buy that bond from you, but the value of that bond is going to be dependent on what the current interest rate is. So you, when you took it out, it was worth 3%. So if bond values went down, say the bond values, uh, interest rates went down to 1%, that would actually be a good thing for you because now your bond, you know, your bond's paying $3,000 a year, right? Yeah. So in order to get $3,000 a year at 1%, somebody would have to put up $300,000 to get oh, 3%, wow. right? So that interest rates going down helps the bond, right? Because now your That's bond's true. worth more. Conversely, if it goes up, let's say interest rates went up to six. Well, somebody could just go buy a new bond for $50,000 and get $3,000, right? Because your bond is only worth basically what that interest payment is. So if bonds go up to six, they could buy a new bond for $50,000 and get $3,000. So now your bond is only worth $50,000. I don't know if you follow all that. Yeah, hopefully. Yep. Yeah. So no, today, I, I get it. Today, I mean, I was told there would be no math, and that's <laughs> why you're here. Well, that's but a, yes, that's, I a, that's that. a CPA in me. But so, yeah. so I'm like, look, if bonds are paying four, five, six percent, I'll take that risk because they're not really ever going to go up much higher than that. But right, when sure. you're paying one, the odds yeah. are that they're going up. So look, I'm I'm not I'm taking the risk that that. 1% bond could go up to three, four, five. And now my, my, my bond is worth a heck of a lot less and I'm only getting 1%. So why take on that risk? So we've been using those index annuities as a bond alternative, you know, buy the index annuity you have no downside risk. You have no interest rate risk. The market goes up. You're going to get a reasonable rate of interest. If it goes down, you get a zero. So, hmm. so, but as we started the conversation, look, it's all about if you want protection, true protection. Yep. You got to buy insurance, right? Because there's yeah. no other industry that's allowed to legally protect things, right? I mean, you can't just say, hey, hey, Mr. Banker, I'm going to give you all my money. And if, you know, you invest it however you want. And if the market goes down, I want all my money back. They're like, well, we can't do that. Right? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're not an insurance company. Yeah. 
So, so that's important. Insure your investments. I love it. Yeah. So you, look, you insure everything else, right? And you're hoping that you don't need the insurance. I mean, look, you hope the house never burns down. You hope yeah. the car never burns down. You hope you don't get sick. You hope you don't get disabled. I mean, right. And the insurance industry is, is kind of great, right? They just, they take premiums and hope that they never, no one ever has a claim. Right. That, I mean, that's right. all kinds of insurance. Give us enough yeah. premiums, right? We, if we insure a million houses and two of them burn down, we got enough money in the pot, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and the concept works and it's worked for hundreds of years actually right. at this point. So, uh, and some of these uh, insurance companies that provide uh, annuities and other retirement vehicles and insurance policies have been around that yeah. long. I mean, it's amazing. So, so when you uh, grab one of those, you, you know, like you want, look, you want a great, you want a good insurance company because yeah. if there is a problem, you want them to be able to pay the claim. Right. So, you know, don't get fly by night insurance companies, get a rated companies. Uh, you know, there's plenty of them out there. The Pacific lives of the world, the, you know, the uh, nationwide, you know, all those great insurance companies that are out there. So there's plenty of stuff out there for people to insure their investments. So, yeah. Well, you know what? We should wrap up the show. But All before right. we go, Chris, let our listeners know how they can get that complimentary consultation. They can come in and get a, a strategy session with you at no cost, no obligation. And you'll run a, a Social Security maximization report for them and some other reports. And it won't cost them a thing. Yeah, yeah because we want to make sure we're a good fit for you and you're a good fit for us. Because yeah. Believe it or not, we have turned away clients that weren't good fits. Well, yeah, <laughs> you have a limited number of openings yeah, to meet so, with people. So if you're hearing this, pick up the phone and set that appointment while there's still open slots. So uh, the, the phone number is 440-886-3550. And, uh, yeah, I'll throw this out. The first 10 callers get a uh, copy of my autographed book. Oh, nice. That? So either one you want. There's the back nine. Or there's rounding third. So I got, and then I think we're going to have another book coming out this year. So uh, again, first 10 callers, get a free copy of the book. So uh, give us a call, 440-886-3550. All right. And that does it for today's episode of Road to Retirement with our host, Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial. Thank you for listening to Road to Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Call 440-886-3550 or visit them online at brooksidetax.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Brookside Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Brookside Tax and Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. Chris Anselmo and Brookside Tax Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.